Can I just tell you something? Sometimes, like, this world confuses me. <laughs> Does it confuse anybody else? Yes. It's amazing how people are, like, so willing to believe in witchcraft, and they're so willing to believe in the mysterious, and they're so willing to believe in this, and they're willing to believe in this. I saw this show the other night. I think it was on Discovery. It's called, like, Ghost Hunters, and they go into these houses, and they have all this equipment that's supposed to detect ghosts. And, uh, you know, there is some paranormal activity out there. There are angels and demons, and if you go looking for stuff, you will find stuff and the stuff you find is not always godly but it's amazing how people are willing to believe in supernatural things alien like cody he's not here he believes in aliens he has aliens on his arms he's all tattooed he's a little weird dude but anyways and, and people are willing to believe in like they play dungeons and dragons and they do this and they do this and then you talk about the holy spirit and they're like that's just too far like, we, that's, that's too much. We can't believe in the Holy Ghost. Like, the third part of the Godhead is something that can't be real because he's this mystical being or whatever. He's like this unicorn that people just can't believe in, but yet they're so willing to believe in all this other crazy, radical, stranger things type stuff, right? And so I don't think it's too far-fetched to believe in the Holy Spirit. And I don't want you to think it's too far-fetched to believe in the Holy Spirit because what you have to know is when you believe in the person of the Holy Ghost, you now have a helper that you can't get anywhere else. The Bible talks about how in the book of Corinthians, when we got born again in, in uh, 619 and 316 uh, chapters in the book of Corinthians, it talks about, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So when you get born again, the Holy Ghost comes and he lives on the inside of you. And the reason he's on the inside of you is to help you. Someone say, I have a helper. Now, it's good to have friends that help you. It's good to have family that helps you, but don't you know our friends and our family, they only know what they know, but there's one who knows everything because he's connected to God. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit. We know that the Godhead is made up of three parts. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? And the Holy Ghost is the one that communicates our spirit with God's spirit, and he communicates directly with us what God is telling him, he tells us. And so we're going to look at this tonight. Now, whenever I talk about stuff like this that's doctrinally strong, I've got to lay a foundation for you guys. So we'll be talking about this the next couple weeks. And so as we talk about this tonight, and you're thinking to yourself, well, how do I hear the Holy Spirit? How am I led by the Holy Ghost? We're going to get into all that in the weeks to come. Tonight, we're just going to lay a foundation. Y'all with me? All right. First of all, understand that the Holy Spirit has been sent to you. In John 16, 7, I was laying awake last night thinking about this. And I was, you know, has anybody ever just laid in bed and your eyes are wide open? You can't fall asleep. And it's like two o'clock in the morning. You're like, man, I need to go to sleep. If I go to sleep right now, I can get eight hours of sleep. And then it's like three o'clock. You're like, if I go to bed right now, I can get seven hours of sleep. And then and so on. And the clock just keeps going and you just stay just me. Okay, cool. Anybody else has done that, right? Yeah, and so what do I do? Well, I get out of bed and sometimes I pray, sometimes I read my Bible, sometimes I play PlayStation, and then I come back and lay in bed and it doesn't work. But I was thinking about this last night, and this scripture is so important, John 16, verse 7. I like it out of the Amplified. It says this, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, this is Jesus talking, and he's telling his disciples, so in turn, he's telling us, it's better for you. One translation says, it's expedient for you that I go away. What's he talking about? The death, burial, and resurrection. He's talking talking about ascending to heaven and he's telling us if I die and then I'm raised to life again and I take my rightful spot at the right hand of God in heaven that's actually better for you and I'm going to tell you why it's better for you for if I do not go away the helper the comforter the advocate the intercessor the counselor the strengthener the standby now we can just stop right there look at all those things that Jesus calls him 
So when you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're missing out on all of those. The comforter, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, right? The counselor, the strengthener, the soundbite, the standby. He will not come to you. But if I go, and don't you know Jesus did, I will send him. Send who? The Holy Spirit to you to be close, to be in close fellowship with you. So there's a whole lot of stuff to unpack right here. And as I was lying awake at three o'clock in the morning in my bed, looking at the ceiling, hoping that something would happen and nothing happened, I began to think about this. Now, the reason why Jesus was telling all of us it's better for him to go away is because even though he was 100% God and 100% man, Jesus, the person, could only be in one place at one time. Right? It's like all of you decided to come to church tonight, which means you're not at home. Right? And that's no mystery to us. But Jesus had full revelation and he understood this. You're going to need my help. But if I'm in Israel, I can't help you if you're in the United States. So how do I make sure that you get the help you need if I'm not there? This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to pay the price for sin in hell. And after the price has been paid by the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to be raised to new life. And I'm going to take my blood and put it on the mercy seat so you can be forgiven of all your sins. And then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit because he can be everywhere always. So it's to our advantage. Jesus did so many things when he died for us on that cross. And everybody said, amen. But one of the things he did was he sent us the helper. And this is why a lot of Christians really struggle is because they don't know about the Holy Spirit or they don't know how to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And when you don't know the Holy Spirit or how to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you're missing out on your help. You're missing out on the comforter. And so we're going to get into stuff. Y'all don't get glossy out on me. Stay with me, right? John 15, 16 and 17. Everyone say he came. All right. So he's made available again out of the Amplified. It says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. And here's all those words again, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby to be with you. What? Forever. That's a long time, right? I love that scripture. He never leaves us and never forsakes you. So what does that mean? When your life's going great, guess who's there? The Holy Ghost. When your life's not going so great, guess who's there? The Holy Ghost. He's with us forever. Someone say forever. To be with you forever. Verse 17. The spirit of truth who the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him. Someone say, I know him. Because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be where? In you. So right now, the Holy Spirit is in you. John 14, 26 out of the English Standard Version says this. But the helper. Someone shout the helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you in all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said unto you. So we have this wonderful helper. His name is the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to see, first of all, is that he's been sent to you. It's not impossible for you to have this fellowship and this close relationship with him. Remember that first scripture he said, you've been called to have what? Not just fellowship, but close fellowship. Right? So what does that mean? You know him. I don't really talk super close. I'm trying to teach my oldest son about this right now because he, he's so wonderful and he's so cute, so adorable. But when he talks to people, he likes to get super close. And I'm like, son, 
you know, there's social boundaries and not everybody likes that. Me being your dad, you can get, well, no, you just back up a little bit because it's just weird. But he's just, he's so innocent and he's so pure and he's so wonderful and he just gets so excited and he loves NASCAR. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. I don't love NASCAR, but I love my son. Therefore, I support NASCAR, all right? And so anyways, he's, he, when he tells stories, he gets really close. And, and, and what's so cool about a child's innocence is he'll do that to anybody. <laughs> He'll walk up to somebody at Target because apparently it's our favorite place to hang out. And uh, since I hate money, it all goes to Target, you know, I guess, but whatever. And so he'll walk up to somebody and just get super close. But my point is, is the fellowship that Samuel tries to have with everybody is the fellowship you should have with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You should be awkwardly and uncomfortably close to him. <laughs> right? At all times. So he can lead you, so he can guide you, and so he can help you. But first of all, remember, in all things when it comes to God, you must have faith or believe. So first, you have to believe tonight he has been sent to you. Sent to help you, sent to guide you, sent to comfort you, sent to teach you. I'm just going to make sure that this is getting warm. It's not getting warm. I don't know how to use an iron. I get, oh, yeah, it's getting a little warm. Okay. Ow! Yeah, it's hot. Okay. That's working. Well, you got to test it. All right, so just checking on it. So everyone say he has been sent to me. All right, so that's number one. Number two, the Holy Spirit is always trying to lead you. Right there where I touched the iron on the inside, he's like, don't do that. <laughs> but I touched the iron anyways. He's always trying to lead you. Someone say always. always. Have you ever said a word and you say it long enough and you're like, that's not right. Yes. I say always like old, like, like, like old miss. I don't know. So I say always, always. And, and someone's like, that's not right. It's always. And so, but anyways, someone say always. He is always with us. And since he's always with us, guess what he's trying to do? He is always trying to lead us. And now sometimes people have some misconceptions about this. They believe that the Holy Spirit in God is only trying to lead them in the big things. Yes, he wants to lead you in the big things, but guess what? The Bible says he is concerned and wants to perfect everything about your life. So that means God must also be willing to lead you in the small things. Right? Now, what's cool about this is the more comfortable you get at being led in the small things, the easier it is for you to be led in the big things. Because one day you're going to get married, you're going to buy a house, you're going to figure out where to go to college, what to do with your career and the rest of your life. And all that is supposed to be channeled from God to you. And then that's what you do in this life. And in order for that to work, you have to be able to hear from him. Right? So how do you start that process with the small things? The Holy Spirit told you to come to church tonight and everybody give yourself a round of applause because that's what you did. You came to church tonight. You listened to the Holy Ghost. Now, whether the Holy Ghost was speaking through mom and dad or speaking through you, you listened and obeyed, right? But what you have to understand is he's always trying to lead us. Romans 8, 14, out of the Amplified again, says this. For all who are allowing themselves, I love the terminology of the Amplified. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So what does this mean? And you've got to learn this. God will never force you to do anything. Amen. The Holy Spirit will never come down with a stick and beat you into submission to make you listen to him. This scripture says those who are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead him. They are the sons of God. And so you must get comfortable at allowing him to lead you. John 16, 13 says this. Now remember, in the small and the big, when the spirit of the truth comes and we know that he's come, he will guide you. Someone say guide you. Into all truth, he will not speak of his own. He will, he will tell you what he's heard. He will, not, he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So what does that tell us? The Holy Spirit's not just telling us whatever he wants. He's telling us what God has said. When God told me to marry Rachel, 
or when the Holy Spirit confirmed that in my heart, that wasn't just the Holy Spirit making something up. That was God's command for my life. And he did it in a supernatural way because I was very scared to get married. And God wants to lead us in all things. And so he doesn't just blab nonsense. He tells us what God is saying. All right? And so someone say all things. So he wants to lead us in all things. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is what I said. The Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And so the Holy Spirit wants to guide us in the big things. He wants to guide us in the small things. I remember one night, just a small thing, just to give you an example of how this works. We were going out to dinner. Rachel and I were going out to dinner. And when, if you have a girlfriend or if you have a wife or if you've seen a meme, you understand how this relationship works, right? You ask your wife where you want to go and then you've begun a process. <laughs> and it is a process, right? Those of you that aren't married, you will begin to learn the process one day. I've just decided early on, I'm going to let her decide because I don't want to pick something then she's like no that doesn't sound good and then I pick something she's like no that doesn't sound good and then we circle the wagon for an hour and then she finally decides where we want to go so I just started the beginning of the process where do you want to go right and she was like well I don't know what sounds good and then she said something that just was like I was like girl you gone crazy she's like let me pray about it I was like baby it's not that complicated we going to get a cheeseburger or we going out for fresh you know what are we doing here you don't need to pray about it and she's like, just chill, let me pray about it. So she prayed about it, and she said, I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling us to go to Applebee's. We never eat at Applebee's. I don't, I don't, I just, just, I mean, I don't, I, it's not that I don't like it, I just don't eat at Applebee's that often, you know? And so I was like, all right, I, I'm, you know, you said Applebee's, we're going to Applebee's. We went to Applebee's, and we ordered our food, and we just had a wonderful time. And then at the end of the meal, I asked the waitress, I was like, can I have our check, please? And she's like, somebody paid your bill. Why'd that happen? That happened because Rachel allowed God to lead her in something that is seemingly a small thing, but yet God directed us where to go because he wanted to buy our dinner. So I just told Rachel, I said, baby, pray every time before we go out to eat. You know, where are we supposed to go so people can be buying our food? But that's just a small thing, right? But also, God has led us in big things. I remember when I was at a prayer service, and everybody's praying in the Holy Spirit, and I begin to hear Rachel's name out loud in English. This was before we were married. We were dating, just starting to like kind of fill each other out. Y'all know how it is in a new relationship, and it's all like weird and awkward, and it's you know embarrassing or whatever. And so, but I began to hear her name in English, and it startled me, and I opened my eyes. And God began to communicate to my heart that Rachel was my wife. So you see him leading us in something as small as dinner, to lead in us in something as big as who we're supposed to marry. And next week, we're going to start talking about how he does this. But I'm laying a baseline. He wants to lead you. Amen? Everyone say, he wants to lead me. So he wants to lead us in all things. Now, when it comes to the leading of the Holy Spirit, I wanted to mention this tonight. You cannot ignore the leadings of the Holy Ghost. And you know what? Maybe you didn't realize what it was before. But we've all had that lead-in because he lives right here on the inside of us, right? You've all known, and this is why it's important. Remember, small things, big things. When you get that scratching on the inside of you and you know what you're about to do is wrong, guess what that is? That's the Holy Ghost. And he's trying to help you. Everyone say, I am led. Over in James 1.19, it says this, talking about not ignoring. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I want to focus on that first part. Quick to listen. 
It's a very important thing. Quick to listen to whom? Your parents? Somebody that's wiser than you? Someone that's more spiritually mature than you, that can counsel you, that can help you? But also quick to listen to the Holy Ghost. Right? We've all heard this question before. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, not always, but sometimes it's because they aren't quick to listen. I know lots of times, instead of pushing down the voice of the Holy Spirit and doing what Robert wanted to do, if I would have just been quick to listen to the Holy Ghost, I could have saved myself some pain and some hurt, and I could have saved some others some pain and some hurt. Right? When God is speaking to us, we need to get good at listening to him. And we will look at all the different ways he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through a pastor. He speaks to us directly from the Holy Ghost. He speaks to us sometimes like Moses, a burning bush experience in Exodus chapter. There's all sorts of different ways he can speak to you, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about when he does speak, you quickly obey. Everyone say, I'll obey over in Numbers chapter 20 is a good example of this. You know, Moses had just led all the children out of Egypt and they're out there on the back 40 and they're hanging out, they're headed to the promised land and there's not water out there. And so they're complaining to Moses, why'd you bring us out here? There's no water out here. We're going to die. And Moses goes to God and God to, yep, it's getting, it's a little hot. Yeah, yeah, it's getting hot. All right, good. And so God, he, Moses goes to God, and God had told him once before, strike a, a, the rock with your staff and water will come out. And God said, this time, I want you to speak. Everyone say, quick to listen. I'm going somewhere, I promise. He said, quick to listen. And so he goes, this time I want you to go out, speak to the rock, and command water to come out of it. Well, Moses went out there, and this is where we get in trouble. Instead of listening to God, we do what is comfortable. Instead of listening to God, maybe we do what worked before. Instead of listening to God, we go with what we know, right? And so God told him, I want you to speak to the rock. But Moses went out there and the Bible says he struck the rock twice with the staff. And it shows us a picture of the goodness of God. Because even in Moses' disobedience, water still came from the rock to give the people what they needed. But then look at what God said to him here in Numbers 20, verses 12 through 13. It says, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land that I'm giving them. This was place, place was known in the waters of whatever that is, Meribah, which means arguing because there the people of Israel argued what? With the Lord. And there he demonstrated his holiness among them. So this is what I want to get to. When we're not quick to listen to God, it causes us to miss out on the very good things that he has for us. See, Moses was supposed to lead the Israelites into the promised land that was flowing with resources, milk and honey, and had everything that they needed. And on this journey, they began to argue with God. Now, I don't want to give you all the details, but I want you to think about this. They were on a journey that if they would have just went from point A to point B, took them 11 days to walk, but they spent 40 days out there. Or 40, not 40 days, sorry, 40 years, thank you. Jimmy knows his Bible stuff. <laughs> yeah, they spent four. Why did it take them 40 years to travel 11 days worth of distance? It's because they were arguing with God, fighting with God. See, they weren't quick to listen. See, when God gives us instructions, this is what I want you to know. Listen, guys, he knows every detail about your life. The Bible says that he knows your future greater than you know your past. So think about how well you know tomorrow, and God knows your, or think about how well you know yesterday, and God knows your tomorrow even better. 
right? He knows everything. And so when he's trying to lead us, he's always trying to get us to the place that is best, not for him, but for us. He's trying to get them to the promised land. But because they disobeyed and they weren't quick to listen and they did it their own way, they missed out on what God had them. Now, when we don't listen, what happens? It actually cripples our ability to hear God further in the future. I want you to look at this, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Just laying a foundation. Everyone say, I'm quick to listen. <clears throat> Just going to keep you a couple more minutes, however many couple that is. All right. So this is what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. It says, now the Spirit expressly says that later times some will depart. Guess what, guys? We're in the later times. In the later times, some will depart the faith, given heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, let me just tell you what this means. What the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy is that there's going to come a time where people are going to be listening to other things than the Holy Spirit. They're going to be listening to other things than the perfect Word of God. Because remember, when you're reading the Word of God or when the Holy Spirit's ministering to you, He's ministering the Word of God because He's not ministering something of own, but He's only ministering what God has told Him. But Paul is warning us there's going to come a time, and I want you to be sure you don't fall into this trap, where people start listening to other spirits. Where people start listening, listen guys, there's a lot of doctrines in this world. But there's only one truth. And it is the word of God. There's many religions. And religions are many different things to people. Did you know that to some people, politics is their religion. To some people, athletics is their religion. To some people, there's many different religions. Right? And there's many different gods, but there's only one living God. There's only one God that has the capital G in front of his name. And that is the God of Isaac and Jacob and Abraham. That is the God that went to the cross, who died a sinner's death, who was buried in a tomb. But if you go and visit that tomb today, it is empty. He is the living God. He is the true God. And he's the only one that is qualified to lead us. Amen? And so we have to be sure that as we go to school and as we live in this world, we don't begin to let these other voices and these other spirits guide and lead our lives. So look at what Timothy continues to say. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Noah, if you'll bring that up here for me, that would be wonderful. And I want you to look at this, verse 3. Forbidden to marry and condemned to abstain from foods, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Verse 4. For every creature of God is sanctified, we looked at that, by the word of God in prayer. So if anybody ever asks you why you pray your food, use this scripture right here. Amen. You don't want to eat something that you don't first sanctify. But look at this. This is what he was talking about. <clears throat> this is... I'm going to move this up here. If you want to grab that cable and walk it on up. This is an iron. This is a steak. Hmm. <laughs> you do that first, it makes it easier to... to, to I don't know. Well, I'll let you know in a second. <clears throat> so... I know it do need some seasoning. 
This was not $20 at Walmart, I assure you. <laughs> I was there today and I bought this today and we're working. You know, with this kind of, I put a glove, this is really gross, but anyways, uh, this kind of reminds me actually, now we're talking about it, it's over in Ezekiel, where it talks about God took a heart of stone. I would have got a heart if I could find one, but hospitals kind of frown on people coming in there and taking hearts. And so I, 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 maybe I could have killed an animal and took its heart, but I didn't want to do that. That would be really awkward as well. So I went with a steak, all right? It's the closest thing I could get to a human heart. And so I really want to slap somebody with this right now. Who will let me slap them with a steak? I mean, I knew there would be someone who would raise their hand. I'm not going to slap anybody with this. But remember what the scriptures say in the book of Ezekiel. It says that God took the heart of stone out of us. And then you all know it, what does it say? He gave us a heart of flesh. Now, the thing about flesh is it's sensitive. You know, somebody said you need to season it, and you're right, but I didn't season it on purpose. But you know, when it's soft like this, it's open to being seasoned. It's open to being made better. Because you can put, like I like to season my steaks. I don't know if you think this is weird. I put butter on them and then I put a bunch of seasoning on it and I let that stuff just kind of sit. And then when you put it on the grill, the butter melts and it's just, it's fantastic, you know what I mean? And I put all that, but you do all that stuff before you cook it so it can absorb into the meat. And the Bible says that he's given you a heart of flesh. Now, why did he give you this tender heart? Why did he give you this heart? Because now you can receive from the Holy Spirit. He can minister to you and you're open to receive this and you can be led by him because you have this new heart and this new spirit that's able to communicate with the Spirit of God. Amen. Right? But here in Timothy, he says, when you start listening to other spirits and you start listening to other doctrines, and you start following the hypocrisy that goes against God's word, and you start being led by all this other stuff, what it does is it sears your heart. Ooh, oh, yeah, it's cooking. I was, oh, I was hoping to get a sizzle sound, but I guess it's not hot enough. And we'll just leave that on there right now. It's cooking, kind of. Mm. It's beginning, oh, it stinks, though. It doesn't smell like a good barbecue. It's, it's not smelling good at all. I wonder if I can turn this up. Does it get hotter? Silk wool. Ooh, I should have went. Oh, cotton and linen is probably the hottest setting. Do I have anybody in here that's like? What? Oh, yeah. Raina, you said you wanted to eat this before church, right? Where are you at, Raina? Oh, there she is. Yeah. I'm... Let me cook the fat off of it for you. Hold on. Oh, we got to do the sides. Oh, now I can hear it. I can hear it now. Yeah. Ah. All right, Jimmy, you ready? You can come eat this, take a bite of this? All right, so, all right, real quiet. Let's listen to it one more time. We'll just leave it right there. Now, as this is, let me read this to you. Now, the Spirit expressly says that later times some will depart the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. 
So what it's doing is it's actually changing the consistency of this steak to where if I just let this cook on here long enough, I could come back and season it all day long, but it's never gonna absorb into it. It's never gonna become a part of it. Why? Because it's being altered by something that is not good for it and something that is not healthy. And this is what happens when we start believing This is what I wanted to focus on just for a brief moment before we move on to the next point, guys. Ask yourself this question when you're hanging out with your friends and you're making decisions. You're hanging out and your parents aren't around. I'm not around. What spirit is leading you? What, what is the driving force behind those choices? And is it leaving you and leading you in a way that's going to be advantageous for your life and healthy for your life and beneficial to your life? Is it leading you in a way like the children of Israel that are out in the wilderness? Is it leading you in such a way? And are you listening in such a way that you can get from the wilderness to the promised land? See, because we're all going through this life and we're all on this journey together and God is wanting to lead us in every single, and he's really been working on me. I know this is so silly, guys. I was at Kroger the other day, and I went there to get sour cream. And if you've ever bought sour cream, they have those nice, convenient squeeze tube ones, and then they've got the other ones that you dip the spoon in, and you get, and I just, I kind of like those, because I'll just eat it right out of like cottage cheese, just get a spoon and sour cream, and, and I am one with the sour cream, and it's awkward when you do it with a tube. And so, I like the, and so, for convenience sake, now, guys, I'm, listen, someone say all things. I was standing there looking at the sour cream, and I was going to buy the squeezable tube, and when I went to get the squeezable tube, on the inside, it wasn't this overwhelming, amazing, God didn't light all the other sour cream on fire and like minister to me through the glass window. And he was like, you know, they, they came down from heaven, the whole store got dark and there's just beaming light right on me. And he's like, Robert, buy the sour cream in the plastic tub. That's not what happened. Just right here, I had this witness. Oh, I should buy that one. And you know what I did? I did the same thing that we do lots of times out of convenience and not listening quickly, I said, no, I'm just gonna grab this one. And I grabbed the one out of the squeezable tube, and I went home, and I brought the groceries in, and I set it on the counter, and Rachel was like, I actually needed the one in the plastic bin. And she's like, I can make this work, but I need, what was that? That was the Holy Spirit. He wants to lead us in everything. Amen. The small things and the big things. I remember one time, now this is just over here. What's leading you? Is it searing your heart or is it helping you? I remember one time we were at this parade and we were watching these hot air balloons and Rachel and I had these camping chairs and Samuel and Christian were in front of us and some of you have probably heard this story before. And Samuel was right in front of me, just a few feet. And on the inside, I sensed by the Holy Spirit, call him back to you. And remember what it said about the children of Israel. It said they were arguing with God. I begin to argue with God as I'm sitting in my chair. I'm like, he's right there. I can see him. He's having fun. I don't want to be one of those helicopter parents that's always hovering over their kid and be like, no, come back here. Stay close to that. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to be that guy. Just let him have fun. He's in the grass. Let him play. 
He's right there. I can see him. And I'm arguing with God. While I'm arguing with God, whether I'm going to be quick to listen or slow to listen, while I'm arguing with God, Samuel stepped on a broken piece of glass that was right out there where he was. But if he would have called back to me, he wouldn't have stepped on it. And he sliced his foot wide open. And then we had a whole issue on our hand because I don't do well with blood. So I'm just like, and there was an ambulance. Thank God there was an ambulance right there. We ran him over to the paramedics. They patched up his foot and they took care of him. But if Robert would have listened, that pain, because listen, guys, I know lots of times it's not just about us either. If I listen, now I can help him. And if you listen, God can help you, but he can help those around you as well. Right? And this is the way it works. But so many Christians are just listening to so many other things. We're listening to TikTok. Oh, right? Come on now. You know it's true. You know it's true. I've seen the stuff on TikTok. If you only let TikTok lead you, you will abandon your faith. Right? And so many Christians have been just following all this other stuff that the Holy Spirit can't even help them anymore because they're like Pharaoh where they've got this hard heart. It's been seared. Guys, we need to be quick to listen. Everyone say quick to listen. The final point I want to leave with you, I'll mention this scripture real quick before we move on. Deuteronomy 13.4 says this, It is the Lord your God you must follow. Someone say follow. What does it say? It is the Lord, your God, you must follow. What's happening? It's okay. <laughs> the illustration is working. <laughs> it's, it's like full sin. Everyone's out there like, bring it. This, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Y'all just look at that and enjoy that. That's for you. Listen to this scripture. It is the Lord your God you must follow. Why? Because he's the only one that is truly looking out for you. Amen. Guys, look right up here at me. Only God cares about everything in your life. And only God knows everything in your life. And when you follow him, the Bible says, then he can perfect everything concerning you. Keep his commandments and obey them. Serve him and hold fast to him. Now this it says, is the Lord your God that you must follow. How do we follow him? You follow him through the word, but also you follow him through the leading of the Holy Spirit. The last thing I want to tell you tonight before we leave is when it comes to following the Holy Spirit, and this is where a lot of Christians make the mistake, they think it's always going to be easy. It's not always easy following the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when you're being led by the Holy Spirit, he will ask you to do difficult things. Maybe he's asking you to separate yourself from some friends you have. Maybe he's asking you to separate yourself from some attachments you have to this world. Maybe it's something you watch on your phone or on your computer or on your TV. Maybe he's asking you to separate yourself from something that's in this world like marijuana or alcohol. Maybe he's asking you to separate. And everybody thinks maybe he's asking you, well, I'm not saying maybe, he's asking you to abstain from sexual 
deviants and, 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 and sexual stuff until you get married. He's asking us to do these things. And, and I'm not going to stand up here and lie and say it's always going to be easy to follow the lead in the Holy Ghost. No, it's not always easy. That's why the Bible says we must allow him to lead us. You remember in John or, or Luke chapter 4, verses 1, and it, you can read the whole thing later, but I'll just read the first part of it. It says this, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, everyone say full of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? You're full of the Holy Spirit too. If you're born again, you're full of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then what do we know happened in the wilderness? For 40 days, what does it say? Verse 2, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and when it had ended, he was hungry. It was a very difficult thing, him going out into the wilderness, but who was the one that led him there? It was the Holy Spirit. See, this is about the relationship we have with him. Some things he asks us to do are going to be easy. Other things he asks us to do are going to be challenging. But it will always be better for you and those around. Because when Jesus came out of the wilderness and he stepped into his ministry, he began to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. So yes, he was led into that challenging season of his life, but when he came out of it on the other end, and this is what's so good, in our challenging seasons, the Holy Spirit is right there with us to help us do all those things we read about, to comfort us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to equip us, to be our standby, to be our helper, our comforter, our guide, to be all those things in those challenging seasons. So just like Jesus in those 40 days, he overcame every challenge. But the reason he overcame is because he had this close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake about it. As you go through this life, to prosper and to succeed God's way, you're going to have to be led by God's Spirit. And when God's Spirit leads us, sometimes He'll ask you to do, like just the other night, He asked me to do something challenging. You want to know what it was? Turn off my PlayStation and read my Bible. Maybe that's not challenging for you. It was challenging for me. Because my flesh enjoys playing video games. And video games aren't even bad. But you know what's more important than video games? My fellowship with God. Maybe it's something as simple as next week when it's church time. And you're, you're at home and, and you've been, maybe you've been working all day and you've been out in the sun, you've been mowing yards and you've been doing this and you've been doing that. And God says, go to church. Well, the easy thing is to sit on the couch in the air conditioning. The more challenging thing is to be led by the Spirit of God and to go to church. Amen. It's not always easy, but we're not about doing what is easy. We're about doing what is right. Amen. Amen.